glad you're here today. Jesus has given me this mission to tell you that he's coming. He's at the door. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you're giving us lots of warning to be ready for you for when you get here. And we thank you for the word that you gave us, the word that you gave me to share. I thank you. I'm honored that you would use me here today to proclaim your word. And we take authority over the spiritual darkness that is going throughout the earth trying to stop you. As you've given us authority, we take that authority and we're stopping it. We bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We love you and praise you. We're going to be talking about that authority that Jesus gave us today as well as preparing the way for him. With that authority, he has given us his authority. But first, I want to share to you what happened to me. Um, I woke up one morning, and it was as if God just pulled me straight up into a sitting position. And um, I have written here, yeah, I felt like a soldier at attention. I heard him stir- sternly declare to me, the hour of Jesus has come. Now, I didn't see him, but I certainly knew Jesus standing right there. And then I heard come up out of my spirit. What does that mean, Lord? And he said, a time of testing is at hand. And I knew I wasn't doing everything he was calling me to do. And I knew that it was vital that I do it to be right with him. And that was about the time that um, the shelves, actually that day, I went to the store and the shelves were just about empty. People were just buying things off the shelves and just hoarding them, as we all know. And I started feeling really depressed that I missed it. And then two days later, he spoke to me. So this is not a time to be depressed. But first he said, a great hour, and this is stern as well, a great hour of testing is at hand. This time his voice was above my head and it caused me to look up. Two seconds later, I heard him again. He sternly said, I'm frustrated. Obey me. And so I took that to heart and I started doing what he called me to do, even though I wasn't comfortable, even though I didn't think I had all the right things to do it or I was the right person to do it or that I was prepared to do it. And so I've been taking this time to just do it anyway, do it, you know, even um, under not so good circumstances, just doing it because I understand his heart. He started showing me that he's grieving. Peter tells us that he's waiting for us, that he's long-suffering. He's waiting for us to be ready, to repent. He's frustrated that we would obey him. So from that, I want to take you to Luke. Luke 10 is where he led me today. And I'm going to read to you out of the Amplified Classic Bible. Now after this, the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to come and visit. Now the first thing that sticks out to me in this verse is that he's asking us to prepare the way for him because that's what he tells me over and over again. Get ready. Tell the people I'm coming. They're not ready. They're not listening. They're not watching and praying. And I'm coming, 
And I'm calling you to prepare the way for me. And he's calling you as well. He sent out 70 others besides the disciples. It's not just the disciples. It's not just then, but it's now. He is going to return, and he's calling us to be ready. He said to them, the harvest indeed is abundant. Now I can see everywhere where people are just grasping straws. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know where to go. They're lost. But they don't want anything to do with Jesus, a lot of them, because of the representation of the church. We're not representing Jesus. We're like them. We're, we're just like them. They don't see any difference. They don't see any answer. And so he said to them, the harvest indeed is abundant, and there is much ripe grain, but the farmlands are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, we're praying this, that, and the other thing. You know, we're, we're praying from our own knowledge, not from our heart. We're not praying what Jesus told us to pray. In fact, we're asking Jesus to do the very thing that he's told us to do. We're asking him to do our part. But he did say, pray for, pray for the laborers to come. So make sure you're praying. I'm praying that you will come, that you, that you will see this video, and you'll feel that tug at your heart to prepare the way for the Lord. And along with preparing the way for him is preparing yourself for the master's use, letting him cleanse you for his use. There's a whole lot more than just saying, I'll go and then go to church on Sunday and pray for someone. That's not what he's saying. Let's go on. He said to them, Go your way. Behold, I send you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. And there are lots of wolves out there. The enemy is pushing hard to get us to stop. If, if you've walked out, out there you, and you start talking about Jesus, you've been laughed at, you've been, caught, you've been um, scoffed at, persecuted, looked down at, um, you name it, it's going to happen. And we got to know that. We got to be prepared for that. He's sending us out anyway in his power, in his strength. Then he said, carry no purse, no provision bag, no change of sandals. Refrain from retarding your journey by saluting and wishing anyone well along the way. So what he's saying is get to business. And this also speaks to me about things he, he's been teaching me along the way. Stop worrying about what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat. Because he said the heathen do that. You know, we're just so wrapped up in trying to provide for ourselves that we're missing the whole point of what being a Christian is. We're missing the whole point of what being a disciple is. There are many people out there wandering, not knowing what to do, where to go. They don't know Jesus, and it's our part to tell them. But we're worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, which purse we're going to use this, that, and the other thing. I know I'm a girl. It's a girl thing, but you got to let it go. That's how you, you start to cleanse yourself. It's just stop going after that stuff, and then you watch how Jesus will just add it to you, how he'll just make a way to even make your little heart's desires happen. You do his stuff, and he's going to do your stuff. He tells me that all the time. Stop worrying about it. Just do what I've called you to do. 
you know, in your life, if things aren't happening, I just want to pause right here. If things aren't happening and you're thinking, well, how can I go? I, I still don't have this happening in my life. Your disobedience to not go and do that greater work can stop the flow of healing in your life, prosperity, all those things that are promised that you're waiting for aren't going to happen. That's what I was doing. It's not going to happen until you go. And people are going to look at you and say, well, I don't see it. And then, you know, if you're listening, if you're letting the enemy destroy you with that thought, then you're not going to go and you're never going to go anyway. You're going to be paddling yourself up a stream that never ends. When you go, then it will happen. I remember a man saying he was teaching how God will provide for you while his wife sat in a pew with holes in her shoes. Don't worry about your condition. Don't worry about how you look, what you have to eat, drink, or wear. He's going to take care of that. Jesus said that if we stop worrying, life has more to it than worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. Even the birds are taken care of by the Father. Oh, you have little faith. He said when you do things his way, when you start caring about him, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, that means you care about him and what he cares about. He cares about his people. And if you're doing his work, caring about his people, he's going to add things to you. Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and everything you need will be added to you. So carry no personal provision, no bag, no change of sandals. Refrain from retarding your journey by saluting and wishing you're well along the way. You don't have to get people to like you. It's not going to happen. Just go and do it. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this household. Freedom from all distresses that result from sin be with this family. Distresses that result from sin. I just want to say, not going and doing his work is sin. If you have distress in your life because you're trying to take care of yourself, it's sin. And that's why you have distress. When you're not doing his work, that's sin, and you're going to have distress in your life. And I just changed that around a little bit because so many people think that we, we don't have to do this. We can just sit back and let the preachers do it. And I just want to tell you, lots of time the preachers just went to school. They're not really called. They don't maybe know Jesus. Jesus may not be living on the inside of them, and then they're teaching from their head and not their heart. And and that's why we are in the condition we are today. It's okay. We don't have to do it. We do have to do it, and it should be happening in the church. The church should be the doctor, the lawyer. All those things people are looking for help with, they're going to the world and they're doing it their way, and they're getting no way fast. Jesus said, I have come to give you life to the full. I want to take care of you. Stop trying to figure it out yourself and just come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whatever house you enter for, say, peace be to this household. Freedom from all distresses that result from sin. Be with his family. Be ready to help them. Be ready to show them and help them to repent of that sin that they might be walking. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what's happening. If you're listening to him, if you've cleansed yourself, if he sent you out, he's going to give you everything you need to do that work. 
If anyone worthy of peace and blessedness is there, the peace and blessedness you wish shall come upon him. But if not, it'll come back to you. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get persecuted. And don't take it to heart. I've done that over and over again and let it slow me down. But know that if they reject you, they're rejecting Jesus. And that comes next. So stay at that house for some time, eating and drinking, and what they provide for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Let's back up to six again. Um, And anyone worthy of peace and blessedness is there. The peace and blessedness you wish shall come upon them, but if not, it shall come back to you. And stay in that same house, eating and drinking, what they provide for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you go into a town and they receive and accept you and welcome you, eat what is set before you. And heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. But whenever you go into a town and they do not receive and accept you and welcome you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we are wiping off against you. Yet no one understands this. The kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it should be more tolerable on the day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you in Chorazin. I'm not sure how to say that, but anyway, woe to you in Bethesda. And they're just places. For if the mighty miracles performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. However, it shall be more tolerable in the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you and for Capernaum. Will you be exalted into heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades, the regions of the dead. He who hears and heeds you, disciples in parentheses, this is Amplified Classic Bible, hears and heeds me. It's Jesus talking. If they heed and hear you, they heed and hear him. Who slights and rejects and slights and rejects me, and he who slights and rejects me, slights and rejects him who sent me. I'll read that again. He who hears and heeds you, heeds and hears me. So if they listen to you, they're listening to Jesus. If he sent you, have that confidence to know. When he speaks to you that it's him, he's leading you. He's telling you what to say. He's telling you what to do. You didn't go to school to, to learn what to say and what to do. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you to teach you what to say and what to do, where to go. And he who slights and rejects you slights and rejects me. If they reject you, they're rejecting him. And he who slights and rejects me slights and rejects him who sent me, who is the Father. The 70 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power the enemy possesses and nothing shall any way harm you. Think on that. He's given you power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions physical and mental strength and ability over all the power the enemy possesses. You're you're equipped to overcome. You have God's power, his power in you to do this. And nothing shall any way harm you. I just want to read that one more time. And just take it in. 
Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power the enemy possesses and nothing shall anyway harm you. So he, he was just confirming to the disciples, of course, it's a given. I have given you this power, this ability to have authority over the enemy. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this that the spirits are subject to you, as I said, he's saying that's a given. But rejoice. What do you think? Rejoice that your names are enrolled in heaven. Revelation calls us to be overcomers. And I want you to think about this, Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes... His name will not be blotted out of the book of life. We're sitting on the sidelines, waiting for someone to do this, not wanting to do his work, not wanting to be cleansed for the master's use. And as time goes by and time goes by, Jesus is long-suffering, waiting for us to do his work. He said, if you believe in me, you're going to do what I did and even greater things, right? John 14, 12. I assure you and solemnly tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he himself will be able to do the things that I do, and he will even do greater things than these, because I go to the Father. He's going to the Father. He came into the Father's work. He came to... to um, take authority over the enemy, show us how to do that, to cease his works. And then he went to the Father, and now we're supposed to pick up where he left off. And so that's what we need to be doing, not waiting. And when he comes, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, is he going to say, not everyone who calls me Lord, he said, not everyone, many, who call me Lord, not everyone who calls me Lord is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father, is he going to say you wouldn't do it? Is he going to, is he going to call you out? Is he going to have to, or are you already going to know? Anything he asks you to do that you're not doing is sin. Worrying is sin. Fear is sin. But the greatest thing that he's talking about right now is we are unwilling to pre prepare the way for him. We are unwilling to manifest his power in the earth to draw those lost onto him. I'm really excited that I got this message to give you. I'm really excited about this message. I have been working to get to this place, to have understanding to know how to get here, to do his work. I have a hunger for it. I want to share my hunger with you. Jesus is coming. This is real stuff. This is really what you should be thinking about, what you should be concerned about, what your life should be about. This is temporary, and it's about to end. I don't know the hour of the day. I don't, but pretty soon, as it says in Peter, Time's going to be up. Let me read that to you. Second Peter 3, 
Speaking of time, I'm going to start in verse 8. Never, nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that the Lord, with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not delaying. He's not tardy or slow about what he promises. According to some people's conception of slowness, but he's long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish but that all should turn to repentance. The Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish away. It's going to come. It's just going to happen. And a thunderous crash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works there on it will be burned up. There's going to come a time where time's up. We've been wasting all this time worrying about... Uh, just living right here, I just saw a post on Facebook. It said something about um, hurry up. I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was a different way of saying hurry up, live your life here because pretty soon it's going to be gone. There's a life after this life, and that's the life you be, should be fighting to have. And if you're a Christian, if you're on Jesus' side, if you're not, it's a good side to get on because that is eternal life. Hell was not meant for us as men for the devil and his angels. But if you make the devil your God by following after him in his way and just totally ignoring Jesus, then that's where you're going to spend your eternity. So it's not hurry up and live your life here. It's hurry up and get ready for Jesus. So when he comes on that day, you're not going to hate it that he came already. For, him, for you, it'll be he'll be like that thief in the night that he talks about. You don't want somebody catching you off guard. You don't want to be caught off guard. He's coming. He's coming quickly. And you want to make sure you're ready. Act as though he's coming tomorrow. He got me stirred up when he said to me one day, he said, I'm coming sooner than you think. And then a little while later, he told me I wasn't going to make it because I was ignoring my call. Don't ignore it. If you never ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, all it takes is being willing to commit to him to heed his voice. To heed his voice. Revelation 3.20, he said he's already knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him, you would invite him in. If you would heed his voice, he would come and live on the inside of you. And then he would teach you his way. He'll prepare you. He'll empower you. Pray with me. Jesus, we repent of our way, of not taking you seriously in preparing for your return and for making the way for you. And we're just asking you now to help us, Lord. I just want to pray for everyone listening here today, Lord, that they would see, that they would see what they've been doing and what they need to do. I thank you and praise you, Lord, that we would take, they would take you seriously to know. You would just give them that knowing right now how vital it is and how close you are to coming. And on that day, it's one way or another. There's no in between. Help us, Lord, to hear and to heed your voice. We love you, praise you, give all the glory. You know, when I said that, he reminded me that we hear his voice when we heed his voice. If you just ignore him, you're not going to hear him. 
I hope you said that prayer. I hope you're ready to prepare the way for him because he's offering you an awesome thing to be a part of his life here and now and for eternity. To have the Son of God, Jesus, our Lord, calling us to be a part of what he's doing. Him living inside of us is such an awesome, awesome opportunity. Don't miss it. If you didn't pray with me, you can pray anytime. Just call on him. Spend time with him. Get on your knees. Obey him so you can hear him. Thanks so much for listening today.